Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Friday that God has decided to wake us up in. If you are happy that God woke you up this morning, say amen right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, or right where you're laying. Give him some glory this morning. Let him know that you love him. Let him know that you're thankful, that you know that he's able. Thank him for his grace and his mercy, for keeping that hedge protection around you this day. Let's go ahead and give him some praise. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We come boldly to the throne this morning. We cast all our cares upon you, Lord. We know that you are able to do things in our lives. We know, Father God, without your hedge of protection around and about us, Father God, that we will be nowhere or nothing without you, Heavenly Father. As we embark on this day today, Father God, continue, Father God, to lead and guide us, Father God. Continue to keep your hedge of protection around our family, our friends, our nation's leaders too, oh God. Heavenly Father, we know that you you're able to do all things. We thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for being sovereignly in control, Father God. There is no other like you. We just bless your name on this beautiful, beautiful day that you decided to wake us up in, Father God. We thank you for our ears to listen, our eyesight to see, every work and limb and every organ that is functioning in our bodies right now, Father God. We just thank you. We bless your name right now, Heavenly Father, and all things that you do in our life, Father God. Keep us on the potter's wheel, Father God. Remake, shape, and mold us, Father God, for your will. Let your will be done in our lives, Father God. Let your will be done in our lives on this day. Father God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise right now, Heavenly Father, there is no other like you that sit up high and look down low. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, your wisdom, Father God. But most of all, Father God, we thank you for that love that is overflowing, Father God. Continue to let your love shine through us. Let our light continue to shine brightly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, if you felt that like I felt that, go ahead and give them some praise right there where you're sitting, where you're standing, and where you're laying. You know, just tell them. Just talk to them. And tell them how much you love them, how much you need them. It don't matter what you're going through. I know it's easier said than done. Trust me, I know. But it's not how you fall down. It's how you get back up and you keep walking and you keep growing. And you keep asking God to send his angels to minister unto you. Don't just keep asking him for things to go right in your life that you know that's going wrong. He says in his word. He says it over in Matthew. I know the things of which you are in need of. He knows. So thank him. Start thanking him, even for the good and the bad. And I I do, I do, I do. I know that sometimes it's easier said than done when you're going through it. But when you know that he's able 
to do all things, that you are his child, that he is your father. And every promise that he has made to you, it has to come to pass because he cannot lie. Then all you can do is stand. If you don't feel like you can't do anything else but say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your favor this morning. You know my heart. If your heart ain't right, Victoria J. been there so many times, I can't tell you how many times I knew my heart and my thoughts wasn't right. But I had somebody to call on. I had enough word deep down inside of me that I was able to give him a call, ring him up on the phone like the old folks say. Ring him up. Tell him what you need of. Lord, I need a little bit of comfort right now. I know that I asked you. I know that I told you about it. I know that you already knew about it. I know I'm waiting. I know I can't see how it's going to come, but I know it's coming. But right now, feel my heart. Feel my heart. Give me something to hold on to. And he'll take you right back to that living word, that running water, that daily bread. You can find something to hold on to. And he might just send somebody your way to say something to you to make you think, to stop and think of how good he has already been to you. And remind you, because we forgetful. We so happy when he brings us through stuff. We forget to thank him when we're going through the bad stuff. But we are fallible. But I thank the Lord today for his grace and his mercy because it is new every day. And his love endures forever. So, guys, I hope you guys have been pouring into yourself this morning, giving God some praise. Let's jump into chapter 42. And it goes a little bit like this. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there for just one moment and take a look at what we're talking about on this morning. What I read and how I kind of interpreted it and, you know, what my Matthew Henry, my commentary said to me. I jotted down some notes last night And, you know, it brought back to my remembrance about, you know, Jacob had been in Egypt for a very long time. So I went on over to my Matthew Henry and found out that it had been 20 years. It was 30 years. Not Jacob, Lord. Joseph was 30 years old when he left, when he was taken into Egypt. He was 30 years old when he got married off by Pharaoh. He was 30 years old when he got married off by Pharaoh. When Pharaoh found 
uh, favor in him or he found favor in Pharaoh's sight because Pharaoh could see that God was with Joseph. He was 30 years old when he married him off to the priest's daughter. So you got to remember, Joseph was a young man when his brothers threw him into that pit. He was a young man when he had those dreams. He was growing into his manhood as he was the servant of Potiphar, as he spent those time, that time in prison, as he waited for his time to come. By the time his time came, he was 30 years old. Still a young man in many sight, especially my sight right now. Still a young man married to his wife, and he began to have children. And my Bible tells me that he named one Manasseh, and he made one Ephraim. Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil, all my father's house. And then he named the second one Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. That's when the seven years of plenty fell upon Egypt. The seven years of Phanom, it began. Joseph is now in charge of the land, Egypt. It was a need of bread as the surrounding places. My Bible tells me that Canaan and Egypt, right there on the Mediterranean Sea, were the borderline. So we don't know how close his land was. May, may have been a couple days, may have been a week. We don't know. But my Bible tells me it was close enough that when Jacob told his sons to go into the land of Egypt and buy corn, it was a days a couple sold travel. Same thing that my Bible tells me when they sold him to the Ishmaelites in the Midianites. It was close enough that they were traveling by way of the Mediterranean Sea. So here we have it. This man in his 30s, he has sons. He is now the ruler over Egypt. My Bible tells me he's the governor. He is the governor. My Bible also tells me that Benjamin wasn't sent. And I noticed the name change here. In my KJV, it says Israel sent his 10 sons to buy corn from Egypt. In my NKJV, my new King James, it still refers to him as Jacob. I like to I like to read both parts. That's who I am. And sometimes I'll go on over to my NIV. But they refer to Jacob now as his new name, walking in his new name, Israel. Israel sends his son. And he sends them. And he said, look, you know, why y'all looking at each other? I heard it's some corn on down in Egypt. Y'all get yourself down there and buy us some. 
that's gonna be the factor of whether we live or die. But you can't take Benjamin. You can't take your brother lest some misfortune, some mischief may befall him. And they tell me, my Matthew Henry tells me, this time, Benjamin is Jacob's darling. He's his favorite. My Bible tells me, Israel, Jacob, one and the same. He wasn't willing to take that chance with Benjamin. He's already lost Joseph, so he thinks. He ain't willing to take that chance with his sons, with his youngest son. So, these brothers head on down to Egypt. This is a test right here. This is a test. I see it as a test of whether they're going to be obedient. Are they going to run somewhere else? Are they going to be obedient to their father? And this time, finally do something that he tells them to do. Because this is a life or death situation. And they go on down there. They go on down to Canaan. And when they get there, Joseph had been in Egypt for over 20 years. And he's never made the trip, even though my Matthew Henry tells me that he's had opportunity. He was in between the borders of Egypt and Canaan, but he's never gone down to see if his father still lives. Then my Matthew Henry suggests that. And it is just a breakdown for those of you who don't know. It's a commentary. It's a book that breaks down the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, put together by some scholars and professors. So when they get down there, Joseph is governor. My Bible tells me that they bow unto him and Joseph recognized them and spoke harshly to them. But my commentary says, Joseph, although he recognized them as his brothers, it also could be the coins in which they paid or were trying to pay for the coin. I thought that was fascinating. And Joseph, when he speaks to them harshly, saying, ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land. Ye have come. Because now his wheels are turning. His wheels are turning. He knows, he starts to remember his brothers. And he acts as if he's a stranger to them, but he recognized that they didn't recognize him. And then he remembered the dream, the dream in which he had told them about saying to them, you know, remember the stalks? And he told them, mine's bowed, yours bowed before mine. Chapter 42, verse nine says, then Joseph remembers the dream which he said dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. 
you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said unto them, It is I, as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you or else by life of Pharaoh you will surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison for three days. And then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live for I fear God. Let's stop right there. I gathered in my notes. This is Joseph. Not being bitter. My hat, my Matthew Henry tells me in that verse as he recognized them, it wasn't the spirit of bitterness that was on him. It was the spirit of him wanting to see his brothers repent for their sins. And by them not recognizing Joseph and Joseph recognizing them, it was to his advantage. As they bowed, his dream came true. The dream that they called him a dreamer for. Remember, they teased and mocked him. That's why they threw him in that pit in the beginning. The dreamer cometh. All because he told them, innocent little Joseph, just telling his dream. I imagine, and this is just my imagination, he's innocent. He knew his brothers really didn't care for him. But as any of us would, we can't imagine that our family, our sister, or our brother detest us so that they would kill us. But we have some out there, you know, we do. But I can imagine when he was telling them about his dream, as I said before, not boasting, but just telling, innocent. Not knowing that someone he was telling his story, his dream, being in the way of a prophet or interpreter, as we later go on to learn that he was able to do for the baker and Pharaoh and the butler. 
He was able to interpret dreams at that particular time when he was telling them his. Maybe not so much. But that didn't stop them from being envious. It didn't stop their spite and their hatred. So when he tasked them, saying that you are spies, surely y'all came down here to see the nakedness of the land. No, sir, we didn't. No, my Lord. But to buy food, your servants come. Hasn't Joseph's dream come to pass? Aren't they bowing? They're bowing. He told them. In his dream, possibly not knowing that he spoke the truth, but he did tell them that you will bow down. I think the significance of that as I go back, that the very dream that Joseph had, he said that it was stalk, if I can't remember. Bear with me just for one second. Bear with me as I flip back through. As I I flip back through, because, you know, I want to make sure that I get this right. Joseph told his father as well as his brothers, and Jacob said, out of curiosity, he asked him about the dream. Let me go back a little bit further, guys. Let me go back a little bit further. Oh, yeah, the bulk of stalk of grain that laid out likewise and tied together, like sheaves symbolizing abundance, prosperity, as it represents the fruit of the labor and the blessings of God. Joseph dreams a dream, a dream about binding sheaves and told it to his brothers about the sheaves rising while his brothers stood around and about. That's the same thing. It all has to do with survival, any type of grain. It all has to to do with survival. So even in his innocence in telling his brothers this, it all had to do with him being elevated by God. And I said this yesterday, for me, when God has something for you to do, even in all your resistance, you can go up the hill and around the mountain. You can't stop yourself from what God has for you, and no one else around you can stop what God has for you. And that's just life. You can either keep hitting the brick wall, as we all going to do. As we all do. But we can surrender. Try our best to be obedient. Take him at his word. Recognize when his hand is in our life, showing favor. And recognize as well that we may not feel them, hear them. We may may not be able to trace his footsteps. But that's what this is. The living word, the daily bread, 
etched across the tables of our heart. He's given us so many different scenarios, so many wonderful things in this Bible to hold on to. Now it's a different time. Some hold on, some don't even try to get to know. But here we see Joseph spending years as it applies to our life. Being in captivity, being imprisoned, things just going awry, but not missing a beat in the lifestyle that he was accustomed to living, with the exception of prison. And my Baba don't tell me anywhere that he was too being too shabby, other than, as we all would not like, being locked away and not being able to come and go as you please. And even in those consequences, he rises above the occasion because God has his hands all over him. All over him. So now we are in a dilemma. He wants to see this is his way of getting out of them whether his father still lives and whether his brother Benjamin still lives. My Matthew Henry tells me that maybe out of curiosity had they done to Benjamin what they done to him? You have to remember that Joseph and Benjamin have the same mother and the same way that Jacob adored Joseph, he adores Benjamin, as well as Rebecca. Favors, favorites. So he gets to find out without them knowing, what, especially with them not recognizing him. Now that, that's a doozy right there. You don't recognize your blood, your kin? I don't know if they were scared to look upon his face as they bowed or if they ever took a second glance. I don't know if he was covered up in a way where they just didn't see him, but he recognized him. But they are bowing. And he is getting information. I imagine they were scared just a bit. They in foreign territory. That's the pun right there. You devised this plan and sent your brother to a foreign land and went back and told your father that he's dead, that he may have gotten eaten by a wild beast or some old nonsense that they done told Jacob. And Jacob the mourning, and he's protected over Benjamin. This is the same land that you got to go to bow and get you some food. Now, I don't know about y'all, but these 10 brothers don't seem too tough right now in this situation. For one, they don't want to offend anybody because they need some food. 
for two. It's just ten of them. They ain't in their land. They don't know what kind of bag these folk gonna come out of. And then you start accusing me of being a spy. I'd be a little nervous too, but these are the same people that plotted. Same ones that slaughtered a whole camp of men and took their spoils and women and children and sold their brother off. We have to be careful. I know all of our parents has told us once upon a time, beware of the ditch that you dig for someone else. When you dig one, you better dig two. It's the same plot that you might plan for someone else. You might just fall over in there too. <laughs> okay, guys, with that being said, be blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Friday. If you can't do anything else, give someone a kind word, but a hot meal goes a long way. If you are able to spend some God time with your Heavenly Father, spend some time with God in the house of God. Get yourself in a Bible-based church under some great leadership where they will teach you the Word of God. And if you can't do that, sit back, relax, cross your feet, look at it on television, but keep it so close to your heart that you do want to make it into someone's building to fellowship together. It's not about the building. It's about coming together and fellowshipping together as God has asked us and made it a requirement for us to do. Fellowship amongst each other and allow the Holy Spirit to have its way to come on down you might find that it'll start chipping away at that hardened heart so with that being said be blessed in all the things that you do on this beautiful beautiful weekend and if it be in God's will we'll see you right back here on tomorrow peace and blessings to you
This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today, I'm here to offer you just that with my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian Conrads in Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling.